for the Lord God Almighty. That's all they do. They just praise and they worship the Holy One. We thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you that it's never been based on what we do. Because if it was based on what we do, Father, we deserve hell. But it was based on what you did. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross for our sins and our iniquities. And we can never, ever, ever repay that. But we lift you up because you are the name that's above every name. You are the Alpha and you are the Omega. You are the beginning and you are the end. And there's nowhere that we can go. There is nothing that we can do. There is no place we can hide where we can ever be absent from your love, God. And so we just thank you this Wednesday, I mean this, this Sunday night, that we can come here, Father, and we can call on the name that is above every name. And you always remind me, Anything that is going on in your life, if you put a name to it, then Jesus' name has to be over it. And we thank you, God. Father, we thank you. We come here. We come here this evening, and we meet with the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it can change the trajectory of our life if we choose so, Father. We thank you. We honor you, God. And we lift up your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And the faithful church say... Amen, amen. Give God a hand clap. Give him a hand clap. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. It's good to be here. You can be seated. Greet somebody. Say hello. You can be seated. If you're watching online, we just want to thank you online. Let me hear you say God is good online. I can hear online. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to be here. Good to be here. My name is James. Just want to, this is, I don't know, take this lightly. Pastor Gary, Miss Kim, thank you for what you do. Pastor Gary, I know you're getting better. Text me at 630 this morning. Praise God. Praise God for a 630 text this morning. I love you, man. I love you. But, but, but I was up because I get up at like 4 or 5. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, the staff. And there's just so many people at this church, man. There's so many people at this church, things that go on behind the scenes that you have no idea that go on that are people are doing. And I'm thinking about the whole admin office. I would give names, but I'm going to forget one and they're going to be mad at me and then they're going to beat me up and not print my stuff when I need it. And so I'm not going to say any names, but uh, it's just an honor to be here. Um, I'm going to really preach to you about, about something that happened to me. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Happened to me doing yard work. Yard work. God deals with me in a way that I'm like, Sometimes I look, I'm like, do you deal with everybody this way? But it, but it was, and I'll get into that at the end. But uh, this is a pretty popular scripture, but I was reading this, and, uh, and something hit me. And it's Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. And it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And you really have to understand. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I pray that I will continue to decrease you and your word will increase. I pray that it would get and pierce somebody's hearts like you do for me. I say this every time I come up here. This is not for you guys. This is what God shows me and helps me. He just uses a vessel. I'm just a vessel. And if you don't understand I'm just a vessel, you can read the Old Testament. God used donkeys to be a vessel. And so I'm just humbled to be here. And Father, thank you for this word at this time. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone say amen. Title and message, the title and message is called It's Paid For. Now act like it. All right? It's paid for. Now act like it. So I'm looking at this body of scripture, and I'm looking at healed. And I looked up the word healed, and it means health repaired thoroughly. Healed, repaired thoroughly. It doesn't say sometimes. It doesn't say dependent on. It doesn't say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It says thoroughly. 
all the time, thoroughly, healed. And I was looking at that. So then I looked up the word pay, and it's a Latin word meaning, meaning pacificum, pacificum, which means calm, which means peaceful. That's why when Magellan came up on the water, come on, man, I'll hit you with some history. I'm not just another pretty face, okay? <laughs> I'll hit you with some history. I'm just kidding. But uh, when he came up on the water, Magellan said Pacific Agua, calm waters, which turned into the Pacific Ocean. And so basically when I'm reading this, this is what I'm hearing. So in short, our peace is paid for thoroughly. Are you with me? Our peace is paid for thoroughly. But we have to act like it. Now watch this. I'm going to tell you this story. True story. So I had, I had two of my daughters with me. And we went to an expensive restaurant, and they wanted to go to the restaurant. And I was like, all right, let's go to the restaurant. I said, but I'm going to take cash because I'm tired of overspending. I'm just going to take some cash, okay? So I go into the restaurant, and we go in and we sit down. And I'm kind of like, all right, do I have enough money? Because sometimes my kids would just order all kinds of stuff and don't eat it. <laughs> Nobody's kids in here do that, okay? Because you got great kids. So I'm in the restaurant, true story. I'm in the restaurant, and I'm sitting down, and the waitress comes over with the menus. And I just was like, water for everybody. She goes, you want lemon? I said, does it cost extra? <laughs> she goes, no, just lemon and water. I was like, sure, sure, sure. Appetizer, anybody want to appetizers? Look, we're going to order and just come back and have our food and we're good. And we're going to have a good time. Well, as she leaves, somebody, the manager walks over and he says, is your name James Price? My first thought was like, honestly, my first thought was like, man, they finally caught me. It took all these years. Finally caught me. <laughs> But uh, God is good, okay? God is good. And so I was like, yeah, why? Watch this. He said, somebody you used to work with just left here. They paid for your whole meal. Immediately, I said, go back and get the waitress. Go back and get the waitress. She came back and said, no, 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 get the menus too, okay? Because now everybody's getting appetizers. We're all getting appetizers. Get this water. Take your lemon. Get it out of here, man. Give me raspberry lemonade. Which one? Raspberry lemonade? Yeah, matter of fact, give me two raspberry lemonades. I started looking at the menu. I was like, give me the most expensive thing on the menu. Yes, I want all of it. I want the lobster. I want the steak, and I want everything. And the waitress said, sir, you're acting a little different. I said, no, I'm not acting a little different. I just know it's paid for. Therefore, I'm acting like it's paid for. Are you with me? It's paid for. I'm just acting like it. And so when it's paid for, you do things a little differently when you understand that it's already paid for. So when you understand that it's already paid for, then you can say, I can do all things through Christ who paid for everything. Then you say things like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, because all that stuff that's come to me is being paid for. Greater is he who's in me than he who paid for all the stuff that's in the world. It's paid for. See, when it's paid for and you understand it's paid for, you act a little different. You act a little different. This is not even my notes. But how many do you know when it's time to pay a bill online or something, you just look at it and you're just, okay, what do we got here to pay? Well, let, let's pay. Let, let, let's just pay it. But when some money's coming back to you, oh my goodness, you got, you're looking at, when you're getting paid, we act a little different. My Bible says that he paid for all of it. All of it. It's already paid for. We just have to act like it. Amen. Can I move on? Now watch this. So, here's what we got. We got this centurion officer. Oh, I'm skipping the page. We have a centurion officer, okay? And uh, he meets with Jesus. Let me read it in Luke chapter 7, verses 6 through 8. So Jesus went with him. They were going to see the centurion officer. It says, he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. 
for I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. That, that is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word. Everyone say the word. Say it again, the word. Oh, we're going to tie it in. And my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and I tell this one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. See, it's interesting, because here's a centurion officer who has influence. Watch this. He has influence. He is financially well off. He knows a lot of people. How many of you know the kingdom of, the kingdom of heaven will humble you? Here's a rich man, now he's begging. A rich man with influence, and now he's begging to Jesus. Hey, man, I need your help. Hey, Jesus, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. And he's begging. A rich man who is now begging. And see, in the kingdom, it will humble you because everything's reversed in the kingdom. You know the last shall be first. When you be the greatest, you must become the least. All right? And so now he's begging. I need you. I need you. He doesn't need a doctor. He doesn't need a lawyer. He doesn't need uh, uh, his, his pipes fixed. He doesn't need any food. He needs a miracle. And he sees Jesus. And he's like, oh, I get that. I know who you are. He's not even Jewish. I know who you are. I can't get into the whole backstory. It's one of them at the time. He used to help build churches and, and everything like that. So the Jewish people realized that he, he, he had a liking to the Jewish people. But he needed a miracle. A miracle. And there are times when we have to have a miracle. My first point is we even have to pray when it doesn't look good. We have to pray for a miracle even when it doesn't look good. First point is pray when it doesn't look good. Because there are times where some of us will pray when we need the miracle. And then all of a sudden we step into the miracle. Like some of us in here have prayed for miracles. And people will come up to you and they say, hey, single mom, how in the world did you raise four kids as a single mom who were all successful? Because it was the miracle when it didn't look good. And the father walked off. It didn't look good. You got to pray even when it doesn't look good. Hey, addict, how did you get through all that when you were strung out for 20, 30 years and now all of a sudden you're clean and you got a decent job and everything switched up? You prayed for the miracle when it didn't look good. You still pray for it. Hey, cancer patient, how is it that you're laying in that bed and all of a sudden you overcome and everything's working out for you and you're feeling well like the, the God who just came up here? you got to pray. Sometimes you've got to pray when it doesn't look good. Because here's what I've learned when you pray when it doesn't look good. Because God, hear me, God does not want to do something to you. God wants to do something through you so those who once knew you can see the true you to see what God did through you. I'll say it again if you're taking notes. He doesn't want to do it to you. He wants to do it through you so those who knew you can see the true you so they can see what God did through you. Because the miracle is not for you. It's for the other people who are at work, who are in your neighborhood, who are in your family, who are atheists, who don't trust God, who says, how can it be? Not you. You used to live in a hood, and now you live in a golf country club. You used to have all these things going on, and now you're in your right mind. How is it that that happens? He doesn't want to do it to you. He wants to do it through you. So those who once knew you can see the true you and how God did it through you. Somebody give God a hand clap. Yeah. Why well, I feel like a rapper now. Okay, okay, right. <laughs> Luke uh, 7, 7 through 8, it said, but say the word. Oh, this is good, man. But say the word, and my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I tell this one, go. And he's basically what he's saying is, look, man, I get it. I have authority. I'm under Caesar. I got these other guys under me. Whatever I tell them, they just do it. And that's what he was saying. He was saying, would you just say the word? And here's what I find interesting. And Pastor Jordan was talking about faith this morning. It made me think about it this morning. 
In Matthew chapter 18, verses 12, says, you have to have a childlike faith. For years, that used to mess me. What is a childlike faith? A childlike faith, that's just so easy. See, children will respond and automatically do what their authority tells them. They don't even ask questions. What do you mean they don't ask questions? Because when I was a kid, they told me that a guy gets in a suit and a sled, and he goes around the whole world, and he delivers toys. And I believed it because my authority told me that. That's that childlike faith. See, they told me when your tooth comes out, all you got to do is put it under your pillow and you'll get currency. I couldn't figure out how it worked, but that's what they told me to do. And I did it because my authority told me to do it. My authority told me to do it. James, stop making that face. You keep making that ugly face. It's going to stick that way. None of you ever heard that before, but my authority told me that. They had told me that. Watch this, watch this, watch this. This is how childlike faith, this is how childlike faith we are. I want somebody to raise a hand if they knew anybody who drowned after eating a hot dog and got into the swimming pool and didn't take a half hour break. But (laughs) where did they get that from? But I was on the side. Can't get the pool yet, man. I had a hot dog in my cat. Nope, nope, yeah, whatever. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Can jump in the pool. Where did we get that? But that's our childlike faith. That's what, that's what this is saying in Matthew. It's not that hard. Just listen to the authority. That's all we have to do. And for some of us, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard for me too at times. It's hard. <laughs> Especially on the Buckman Bridge at 7 a.m. It's hard to just listen to my authority and love everybody. Even the people that are trying to... Just listen to the authority. And that's what he was saying. And so this centurion, watch this. This centurion, he says, I just need you to say the word. I found it fascinating that the centurion needed a word from the one who was called the word. That's what the centurion said. He said, I get your authority. I just need you to say the word. And there are times in my life that all I need is a word. Because sometimes I would like to just hear the word peace when all hell's breaking loose around me. I just need a word. Sometimes I just may need a word healing if you're laying up in a hospital and you're looking at doctors in beds and it's lonely and nobody's coming around. Sometimes you just need a word. Sometimes when the finances aren't looking good, you just need a word that says paid, and you're good with that. Sometimes it gets so bad, some of you may not even understand, but sometimes it gets so bad, we don't even understand what's going on. And the only word we need is the name of Jesus. He said, I just need a word, and he'll be healed. He understood the authority, the childlike faith. And the part that always messed with me me is, He's not even Jewish. And Jesus says, and it's later on, Jesus said, I've never seen this much faith anywhere. This guy, just say the word. He understood the authority. My second point is, action should follow the faith. Action should follow the faith. So our first point, because I'm going somewhere with this, was pray when it doesn't look good. The second one is, action shall follow the faith. And that's what he did. That's what he did. He understood the authority. He didn't even know what was going to happen. Something else. Uh, it said it took him a whole day to get there. A whole day to get to see Jesus in, in, in some translations. I'll bet you it took him a whole day to get there. I guarantee it didn't take him a whole day to get home. 
You know how I know? You ever been somewhere, man, I can't believe I've got to go and do this and it's gonna take all, it's finished? Oh, it's finished? It's fit, and you start running home. I'm telling you, that's what happened with the guy. The Bible don't say it, but he went a whole day just to see Jesus. And Jesus says, "Go!" And he's walking. It was so good. The people were coming out and said, "Yo, my man, check it out. You ain't gonna believe this one. Everybody's all healed. I mean, your, your servant—they're healed. And because the servant's healed, the guy who changes your oil, the guy who uh, makes your breakfast, the guy who puts your cable in—I'm sure they didn't have cable here, but you hear what I'm saying. They're all healed, and they all have faith because Jesus did something." through the most least likely person. Watch this. Don't raise your hand. Are there any most least likely in here? Uh-huh. See, he wants to do it through you. Most least likely. Because there's one up on this stage that's least likely. I shouldn't even be here, but God is good. He is good. And so he uses the most least likely to do something through. You know the whole rhyme, okay? You know it now. That's what he wants to do. The action shall follow. Now watch this. We're going to change gears a little bit because now we got another guy who had a chance to just understand the authority, and he didn't. John chapter 5, verse 7, New King James Version. The man at the pool of Bethesda. How many of you have heard this story before? Pool of Bethesda. Thir was it 38 years? 38 years? This guy's struggling. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and said, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. And when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, take up your bed and walk. I'm going to tell you why he told him to take up your bed, but I got to break something down first. So here's this guy at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda meaning house of mercy. House of mercy. You're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking. So we got all these lame people and all these down and outers laying around a pool in a place called Bethesda, and it's called the House of Mercy. And I was shocked. And then God said, what are you shocked for, son? There are some houses in this country, in this city, in this state that are supposed to be called church, and they are nothing but houses of gossip, houses of complaining, houses of judgment, houses of being highly critical. Houses of why this music, how come that music? I, can I be honest with you? I don't like every song that's played up here, but this ain't about me. This is about somebody coming in and getting to know the Lord. So if somebody has to come up here with, with a harmonica and playing the spoons and they get saved, hey, I'm all for it. I may not like it, but I'm all for it. You with me? You with me, okay? It's bigger than that. We don't want to be a house of that. We want to be a house of prayer. We want to be a house where people get saved. We want to be a house that goes out into the community. We don't want the community coming to us. We want to go out into the community. And I love going places and people are like, where you work, Evangel Temple? Oh, I know that church. I'll bet you you do. I'll bet you you do. Praise God. That was a legacy that was, that was put by uh, Pastor Cecil and Pastor Gary and Miss Kim. That's the kind of house we need. Not to be a house of mercy where everybody's in there talking about everybody, everyone's complaining, and everyone's just sour. I went to Northern Ireland, and I walked past a church. I've been to Northern Ireland 12 times. You want me to prove it to you? Every time I get over there, I get this accent. I can't figure out where I get it from. And so I'm sitting over there, and I'm like, can't believe that I'm James Price from the United States, and I'm talking like I'm from Ireland. I can't figure out where I get it. But I was walking past a church, and I saw some people coming out looking all sour and mean. 
And I was just being me. It's not in my notes. I was just being me, and I just ran up. I was like, did you see a church in Belfast Island? And they walked out looking at me. And I looked at them, I was like, you just went to church? Yes, we did, young man. We just went to church. We went here and praised the Lord. I said, that's praising the Lord? Absolutely, we praise the Lord. And in my head, I was like, if that's the way he looks, praising the Lord, I don't even want to go in. And I'm a Christian. I'm just wondering what everybody else thinks. Okay? I'm wondering what everybody else thinks. I don't even know where I'm going. Okay, all right. But it was a house of judgment. Or, or it was a house of mercy. But here's what's going on. Outside of it is a pool that has unclean water until an angel comes. There's unclean water. House of mercy, unclean water. And the angel has to stir the water so the people can go down and get healed. That's what they have to do. Unclean water, go down and get healed. And I was like, unclean water. See, there's something about clean water. There's something about when the water's called living water. That's why Jesus told the woman at the well, if you'd have known who it was that asked you for water, I would have given you living water and you would never thirst again. That's why when you study David and Goliath, when David goes and gets his rocks, he can't get them from the pond. He can't get them from the, from the, um, from the lake. He can't get them uh, from the lagoon because that is considered dead water. He had to go and get them where the water was moving, and it was called living water. That's why he got them from the pond. I just gave you a little something extra, or he got them from the stream. That's why. God showed me that. It had to be living water. So here's this guy at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And Jesus is there like, yo, my man. I mean, he didn't say, yo, my man. <clears throat> he said, do you want to be made well? And the guy gives him all kind of excuses. Gives him all kind of excuses. But I love what Jesus said to him. He said, rise up and take up your bed. So my third point is immediately Jesus moved. See, because you would think that after 38 years, the guy's legs would be a little sore. You'd think his thighs would be a little wobbly. You'd think he couldn't stand up. But he's meeting with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he says, stand up and take up your mat. And immediately he stands. See, Jesus was on it immediately. Immediately. He made him stand up and take up his mat. Now, here's the part I, I understood. Or this is what James, I'm putting James in this story. Yes, it was 38 years. But when James stands up, James ain't thinking about year two. Year 9, year 17, year 25, year 29, year 31, year 35. James is thinking about he met with Jesus and immediately he stood up. Immediately. Immediately. So all that stuff that was bad that had happened, it's gone. It's over. Because there are some of us that need a few immediately. How many would you like an immediately in your life? Because there are some of us that like, God, it's been a while, but I would immediately like you to bring my kids back to church. God, I know it's been a while, but I would like you to immediately find this job for me, God, so I can step through it. I know it's been around a while, Lord, but I want immediately find the right spouse because I've been lonely for a while. I know it's immediately, God, immediately help me with these finances. Sometimes we just need one immediately to change our life. This man's at the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus says, immediately stand up and walk, and he stood up. Immediately. Some of us need some immediately. I can use an immediately. Now watch this. Watch this. This is, I found this fascinating. Here's my fourth point. Delayed obedience is disobedience. 
See, at first, the man was going back and forth with Jesus. Well, you, I, I can't. I'm not sure. No, we got every time I go down. this, And sometimes I'll do that with God. Well, God, I know you want me to um, do some other things, but if, 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 if you just do this here, I love this one because none of you have ever done this. You know, God, uh, the lottery is up to a billion dollars. You know, if you let me win that lottery, you know, I, I would tithe to the church. I, w- I would tithe if I win that lottery for a billion. Let me tell you something. Let me help you. If you ain't tithing on a thousand, you ain't going to tithe on a billion. All right? Let's, let's just get that straight. Okay? But delayed obedience. And he was going back and forth. He was going back and forth with Jesus. Now watch this. This is the most fascinating part of the story. Because for years I couldn't figure it out. He said, stand up and take up your mat. James would have been good after 38 years, just like, oh, 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 okay, all right, all right, I'm, I'm good, I'm standing up. He said, no, 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 stand up and take up your mat. Why did he tell him to take up his mat? Because during this time at this pool, all these people are struggling. All these people are down and outers. All these people are, are uh, low in society. And what they would do is they would get up and they would leave their mats and they would go and they would get in the pool and they would change everything and they would make the biggest mistake. They would get out of the pool hole and they would walk back to their mats and they would end up in the same place that they started with. That's why Jesus said to him, yo, my man, do me a favor. I need you to stand up and I need you to pick up that mat because you were dealing with me today. And because you were dealing with me today, you ain't coming back to this ever again unless you want to. You're not coming. Why do you think we do altar calls? When we do altar calls, here's what we do. We bring our mess down here. We bring it down here. We got some depression. We got kids we want to come back. We got things that we're struggling with. We got people we got to deal with. We got job situations here. We got some health situations, and we bring it all down here. But when we bring it all down here, and we meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, here's what Jesus is saying. Now you take your stuff, and you pick it up, and you leave. Because you met with the King of Kings today, you don't have to come back down here with that stuff again. You can leave. And don't let the enemy think, have you thinking that you just went to a random church service. No, no, no. When you meet with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords like this guy at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years. Some of us have things that are going on in our lives for years. And we come down time after time after time after time. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm telling you, when Jesus meets with you, he's like, I tell you what. I know you brought it down here. Pick up your stuff and take it with you. Go out into the world and don't come down here with that stuff anymore unless you choose to. That's what I read. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Because that's me. There's some stuff I just keep coming down and keep coming down and keep coming down. And when I'm driving, you know, God deals with me when I'm driving. And he'll be like, you still want to go down there about that? Well, yeah, Lord. Goes, you believe I can do it? And then I'm like, okay, Red Sea opened up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Noah and all those animals. Moses in the desert. I think you can do it. I think you can do it. And he tells me. And you don't have to go down there about that anymore unless you choose to. Unless you choose to. That's why, that's why it's so important when we do altar, you understand what's going on down here. Because there's a side of us that the enemy comes in and goes, nothing is going to change. Do you think the guy for 38 years didn't even know it was Jesus and he gets up? You think he's thinking, well, dude, I don't even trust you. I don't believe you. But he gets up. He gets up. He gets up. Now, I got two minutes left. I got to tell you where this all stemmed from. Worship team, you can come back up. You can come back up. Let me tell you where this all stemmed from. So, one summer, 
I'm cutting my grass. House I used to live in, I love cutting grass. Because when I grew up, again, I told you, I grew up in the projects. We didn't have grass. So when I got my first house, if it was that much grass, I was taking pride in it, man. And so I moved into a place where I had a nice lawn. I mean, I was so crazy about my lawn. Pray for me. I would cut it this way and then come back and cut it this way so it can look like Wrigley, Wrigley, uh, Wrigley Field, okay? If you don't know Wrigley Field, is, look it up. So that's what, I would, that's what I would do. So one day, I was cutting my grass, and I was cutting it. It was real nice. I used to keep scissors in my pocket because I would cut my grass, and then I would run back out. Now, That was me. That was me. Okay? Now I live in a place I'm like, I ain't cutting anymore. I got somebody to cut it. I don't want to cut grass anymore. But now watch, watch. It's a true story. So I was cutting my grass, and then I had a, the, the, the edger. You know, you click the edger and the weed whacker together. I had it for about eight, nine years. And I was pulling it. And it wouldn't work. I was like, oh, man. I said, well, God, I had it seven years. It's probably time. Home Depot was right down the street. So I went down to Home Depot. I was so proud of my new weed whacker. I mean, I was holding it, and people were in line, and I, I was just like, oh, no, go ahead. You can get in front of me. Go, no, no, go ahead. You two can get in front. Yeah, you three, you can get in front of me. I was so happy to have my weed whacker. I was just, man, I was there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get in front of me. Got up there, blip, got home, got my weed whacker, took my little oil and gas, mixed it up, put it in the thing. I said, all right, man, I'm getting ready to edge it up where it looks like this. But, man, nice, you know. Room, 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 room. I just kept pulling it, man. I probably needed rotator cuff surgery because I just kept pulling it, and it wouldn't work. And I was like, are you kidding me? This thing is brand new. What's going on? It's brand new. So now I'm going to Home Depot. I'm not the same James anymore. Because now I'm at Home Depot, and people are lying. I'm like, move, man, move, move. Hold on, Brian. No, hold on. Just hold on. Hold on. I just left here. Hold on, hold on. We, we ain't going to fight right now. Maybe later, but not now. I got to take care of this. So I go up, and I get a new one. I get a new one. Watch this. I get a new one. And when I took it, and I put it in my truck at the time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this is what he said. He said, son, you're upset that you bought a weed whacker, and it doesn't work. I was like, absolutely. He said, did it ever occur to you that I have people that I paid for and they don't work? How do you think I feel? I just started tearing, man. I just started tearing. And that's where this whole message came from. This whole message. And I think I have, do I, Nat, do I have the whole acrostic down for paid for? All my points? Please tell me. There it is. Pray, action, immediately, delayed. You see that? P-A-I-D. Y'all don't know how long it takes me to do that, man. It takes, it takes a while. But it's cool, though. It's cool when you see it. It's cool. Don't laugh at me. I'm saying it. It's cool. But that's what I learned. That's what I learned. And from that day on, that weed whacker situation, I said, God, I may not be where I want to be, but I am not where I used to be. And so I will continue to work out my salvation with fear and trembling, understanding that you paid for me and I must work according to where you want it, listening to your plan, listening to what you have for my life, listening to what you called me to do, listening to who you say I am, not what the world says I am, what you say I am. Paid for. Let's just act like it. Everybody stand up. Everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. Here's what I'm going to do. 
We're going to pray. I always like to pray when we get finished. I always like to pray. Watch this. If you're in here, first of all, let me say this. If you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, okay, a relationship with Jesus Christ, being here in the South, when somebody says Christian, that means a million things to a million people. I just say a Christ follower, okay? If you're not a Christ follower and you've never made a relationship with Jesus Christ, if that's you, just signify, but just, just raising a quick hand. Amen. Just raise a hand. Just raise a hand. Here's what we're going to do. Let's pray. I want you to repeat this, those who raised their hand. And if you didn't raise your hand, I want you to repeat it as a declaration of your faith. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Your blood that was shed wipes it away as far as the east to the west. I believe that you died and you rose again three days later. I love you and I need you. In Jesus' name. Now, here's the second prayer we're going to leave. We're going to come down to this altar. Because I, like well, what I said is, when you come down to this altar, there's some stuff that's going on in our lives. There's some stuff that's going on in family members' lives. There's some stuff that's going on in certain areas. And it, again, it just may not be us. This is not about heaven or hell. It's, it's Wednesday. I mean, it's Sunday night, Labor Day weekend. I'm sure most of you are pretty good with like, okay, I, I, know, I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. I have a relationship. But this is a little different. It's a little different. Because when I saw that take up your mat thing, God really dealt with me. And he said, people still, son, take it with them and put it in them and go home with it. He said, I didn't say that. He said, I said, take up your mat and go. So if there's any of you in here on the count of three, there's some things going on in your life. There's some things going on with the, na- I mean, with the, with the, with the family member's life. There's some things going on in a job. If there's something going on, I want you to come down to this altar. And when you come down to this altar, bring it with you. And after you meet with Jesus Christ, roll it up, take it, and go. If that's you, I want you to come down on the count of three. One, two, three. You can come on down now. Come on.